Shalom. I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. So glad you could join us today. And with me is Bobby Walter, who is my colleague and friend and leads our Chosen People Ministries work in Brooklyn and throughout the New York region. So welcome, Bobby. Thank you, Mitch. It's always a privilege and an honor to be here with you. And uh, welcome, everyone. Today on The Chosen People, uh, we're going to be diving into the topic of how we can share the gospel with the Jewish people that are in our lives. I'm so glad for this topic because I'm Jewish, and it was a Gentile believer who shared the gospel with one of my best Jewish friends who then shared the gospel with me. Hmm. And actually, uh, I met their friends, all these Gentile Christians who love Jesus and who are very loving towards me and towards the Jewish people, and that had just a tremendous impact on my life. There was a, a, a great Gentile Christian Old Testament theologian and, um, and leader, Franz Delich, who wrote a commentary, Kyle and Delich, on the Old Testament that probably every seminary student works their way through if they can. Mm-hmm. And uh, Franz Delich said, for the church to evangelize the world without thinking of the Jewish people is like a bird trying to fly with one broken wing. Again, just emphasizing the importance of Jewish evangelism as part or a gateway into world evangelization. You know, we've seen the Jewish people become what you like to call the great omission from the great commission. I don't like to use the word, but I do use it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you say we, uh, we jump into it? I grew up in a Jewish sort of bubble in New York City, and I, don't th- I really don't think I met a Christian until I was 19 years old. Wow. And it was soon thereafter that I came to faith. It wasn't that I wasn't open to the gospel. I would never even think about the gospel. And so it's not that Jewish people are simply anti-Christian. Some people say that the Jewish people are a hidden people in missions terms, you know, that they sort of hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. When you touch a Jewish person for the Lord Jesus, you discover they're Jewish. You may not even know they're Jewish, but you find out they're Jewish because all of a sudden they don't respond like a, uh, a, a sort of a lapsed or nominal Christian. They're, they're a little bit more uh, emphatic about their not believing in Jesus. It's almost as if not believing in Jesus is part of their Jewish identity. And, and, and that's the truth. And that's what you were alluding to, Bobby, that there's been an unfortunate history that we have to overcome between Jewish people and the church. But Jewish people, by God's grace and by the power of the Spirit, have overcome that incredibly deep chasm between Jesus and the Jewish people. And you know of some Jewish people that have done that as well in Brooklyn. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen the Lord move in, uh, in some pretty incredible ways uh, in the lives of Jewish people uh, here in Brooklyn through our ministry. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, Mitch, God is still at work uh, in the hearts and the lives of the Jewish people. And I can think of one young man who, uh, he's actually from Jerusalem, uh, and when we first started our congregation a few years ago, he got out of the military and he came to the United States, and he was actually uh, selling Dead Sea products in, in the mall uh, <laughs> down in Birmingham, Alabama. And, wow. and while he was down there, you know, he's down in the Bible Belt, a lot of Christians, a lot of, you know, born-again believers who were passionate, loved the Lord, they would go and share the gospel with him. And what he figured out 
was that if he listened, because he didn't want to hear it, he didn't want to hear the gospel, but he figured out that if he listened and gave the people a platform, that eventually it would turn into a sale. So he started to really show a lot of interest, like, oh, yeah, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, But what he didn't realize is that the seeds that were being planted were beginning to take root in his heart. Great story. Eventually, he wound up in Brooklyn, and he came to one of our services. Uh, a, a friend of his had invited him, and uh, the, the Lord was just moving, moving in his heart. And later that night, he just could not escape the idea that Jesus is Israel's Messiah, yeah, the Messiah that his people had been longing for and looking for. So he prayed to God, you know, and it was almost like a frustrated prayer. He said, God, I, I just can't take it. I need an answer. Is this true? So he, he prayed to God and, and, and said, God, I'm just going to open up my Bible, the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and wherever I turn to, I just, I need you to speak to me. And he opened up to Ezekiel 3, which is kind of an obscure passage, but it talks about the Lord calling Ezekiel, calling the prophet to be like a watchman on the walls, uh, to proclaim a message to all Israel, and that this message was very exclusive and it meant life or death. And that's what he needed in that moment, because part of what he was struggling with was the exclusivity of the message of Jesus. And once he saw on the page that God's message to the prophet was, you know, one way and very exclusive, and it was life or death, he, he submitted his life to the Lord right then and there. That's so powerful, Bobby, because you have the ancient Jewish prophet Ezekiel speaking to a modern-day Israeli person about a relationship with God through Jesus the Messiah, and somehow this young person put it all together. Of course, the Lord put it together for him, and he accepted the Lord. And that's what happens. You know, we are partners with God in bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. We're not in this on our own. So if you don't know your Old Testament back and forth, if you don't know Hebrew inside and out, if you can't quote every messianic prophecy— if Jewish people might even scare you to death and you don't want to offend your Jewish friend, what, whatever is going to keep you from sharing the gospel with a Jewish person, you need to remember that the Lord is in it too. And you have to have one ear to God and one ear to the person you're talking to and be sensitive, but don't be fearful and, and, and don't be reticent because God can really work through you. You know, in Romans 1.16, we have one of the key motivational verses in the Bible for why we should tell Jewish people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. That great Messianic Jew, the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And that's not a was to the Jew first. That's an is to the Jew first. Right, right. It's, it's a present tense. And so Christians everywhere need to find a way to share Jesus with their Jewish friends. That's what we call the Gentile mandate for evangelism. Their Gentile believers need to be able to share the gospel with Jewish people. And, you know, that's one of the reasons chosen people exist, Bobby. We exist to help Christians learn how to share the gospel with Jewish people. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's part of our mission statement. You know, our our mission statement is we exist to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve the Jewish people and to help others do the same. Absolutely. Because we realize, you know, we don't have the manpower to reach every Jewish person in the world, and we need to be partners in this ministry. Absolutely. So, Mitch, let me ask you a question. 
what kind of resources does Chosen People Ministries have that would help our Christian audience share the gospel with their Jewish friends? Oh, wow. Great question, Bobby. We've been, we've been working on resources for this for 127 years, as long as we exist. But of course, I, I like to say that our website's a lot better than our founder, Leopold Cohn's website, <laughs> who began Chosen People in 1894. But chosenpeople.com is, is just filled with information and tips on how to understand the Jewish people and reach the Jewish people. We have a, another site called ifoundshalom.com, which has over 100 Messianic Jewish testimonies. And you can learn so much from the way people have come to faith. You can actually see what moved Jewish people to come to the Lord and probably the mistakes that some Christians made. Right, right. We have evangelistic tracts and literature. And so people can get in touch with chosen people at 212-223-2252 or just go to our website and they will find a tremendous number of great resources to help them share the gospel with Jewish friends, both to actually present to their Jewish friends and to train them on how to speak to their Jewish friends. One of the greatest challenges the Jewish people have faced over the centuries is how to preserve our heritage while looking forward to the future. And that sums up the goal of Chosen People Ministries as well. We believe with all our hearts that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that Jesus is the promised Messiah of Israel, and that the simple message of His death and resurrection has the power to transform the lives of Jewish people and Gentiles all over the world. And we'd love for you to partner with us. With your prayers and financial donations, we will keep proclaiming the gospel until we see him face to face. Learn more online at chosenpeople.com radio. Once again, that's chosenpeople.com radio. Or call 888-293-7482. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Well, coming up, we're going to hear from a very well-known musician, Marty Getz. I love Marty's music. He's a dear friend. I've known him since he was a young believer, and he was actually Debbie Boone's pianist. You know, You Light Up My Life, some of you remember that song, and Debbie Boone gave that a really good Christian twist. But Marty is a nice Jewish boy, a musician, every mother's dream who came to know Yeshua as Messiah. You're going to love this testimony. So where I grew up, it was a, I would say, 90% Jewish neighborhood. It was great, but we were surrounded in Cleveland by non-Jewish people. I remember on Christmas, we would go into this place in Cleveland that had the best Christmas lights of anybody. And my mom would say, you know, there's a lot of anti-Semites in this day. And I didn't know one Christian from another, but I knew that there were Christians and Jews, Gentiles and Jews. There was us and there was them. So from Cleveland, I went away to college, Carnegie Mellon University, and I auditioned for a show. And uh, I remember my audition because my favorite song to play was Georgia On My Mind by Ray Charles. Well, I got the job and uh, went and did summer stock theater and caught the show business bug. And all through college, Bert and Marty played in local 
clubs, and local uh, cabarets. Everything was good. We were up in the Catskill Mountains, the Borscht Belt. We won the best new act up there when we were up there the first year. We thought we were on our way. And then Bert, who was a Methodist, decided he wanted a little deeper faith. So he went to this church, and when he came back, it was called the Rock Church. He said, I'm born again. I have no idea what that was. I did know that Jimmy Carter was born again, but Bert now was a born again Christian. And after that, it just got terrible because he was telling me all the time about Jesus. He didn't care about Bert and Marty anymore. He only cared about Jesus. And he began to preach to me and life got very irritating because Jews do not believe in Jesus. I was a young guy. I was provoked to a lot of anger about Bert believing in Jesus because every time I'd see him, that's all he could talk about. He loved me. He cared about me. I cared about him, but he freaked me out. <laughs> I didn't want to know about all those things. And But he was praying for me. All his friends were praying for me. I knew that. They would even come to see me in my piano bars every once in a while. But it bothered me so much that I bought myself a Bible. And I said, I'm going to have to crack this code. And I started reading about it. Didn't want to have anything to do with it, but I need to know. Who is this Jesus and why do all these people believe in him? The more I thought about them, the angrier I got, and the more frustrated I got. And I said, I got to get away from them. So I said, I got to get out of New York. I got to go where people are normal. So I moved to Los Angeles, California, of course, and got to Los Angeles, still bothered by all this. But on the way, I had picked up a big family Bible in my parents' house in Cleveland. And I would go in the morning to try to pedal my songs that I was writing and in the afternoon I'd open up that big Bible and I'd open it up and I finally got the courage to open up to what's called the New Testament and it says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham and I thought that's strange that's Jewish I know about those people and then I kept reading and the more I read the more I realized Jesus is Jewish As a matter of fact the more I read about him he turned out to be more Jewish than I was. And he wasn't, he seemed to come alive off of those pages. He wasn't like that dead Jesus on a cross at my friend Kevin's house or in the church. He was alive and he was Jewish. So living in Los Angeles at the same time I had just moved there was Annie, Bert's friend from the church he attended in New York. She was a born-again Christian. She'd been praying for me for years. We became friendly. And uh, one day I was visiting her. She had to go to a Bible study. So she said, stay here, and watch my apartment while I go to this Bible study. I said, okay. And I'm thinking about all this stuff that's going on. And I look out over her balcony, overlooking the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. And there, shining with this bright, bright, white light was a cross right through the window. And I just ended up staring at it and thinking to myself, is Jesus after me? <laughs> Annie returns and tries to explain to me, yes, God is calling you, Marty. And I, it was all too much for me, but uh, Annie was persistent. So she said, we're going to go to the beach on Sunday and we're going to hear this guy preach. I said, okay. So the guy's name was Hal Lindsey and he preached a message. People were sitting there on the beach, hands raised, singing songs to Jesus. And at the end of the message, Hal Lindsey says, uh, Brother Gideon, 
come on up here, we're going to take communion together. So Gideon gets up there and he takes the bread and he says, Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Alam HaMotzi Lechem Min Haaretz. And he says over the wine, Borei Pri HaGafen. And he says the Hebrew prayer over the bread and the wine. And it was completely unsettling to me. I did not expect the prayer I had learned when I was a little kid growing up in Cleveland to be said on the beach in Los Angeles in the name of Jesus. Very upsetting. So I said to Annie, I got to get out of here. Please take me home. And she said, okay, I'll take him because I was, I was really unsettled by the whole thing. And I remember I'm almost like in a fetal position, curled up in the back of her car, <laughs> freaking out, so shaken up by what I'm experiencing. And uh, she says, Marty, I'm sorry to tell you this. I can't take you home because I got to go to this other church. It's called the Vineyard. And if I don't go now, I'm going to be late. So I said, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> By this time, I didn't know what to think, so I said, take me, take me. So she takes me there, and they do another service, and, uh, and people are singing, hands raised, just like at the beach. And at the end of the service, I remember thinking, you know what? I really believe that whoever this Jesus is, he is after me, because they gave the invitation, and I just said, I give up, I surrender. I, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I need Jesus. When I first came to the Lord, it was just, is Jesus Jewish? Is he the Messiah or not? Well, he, he showed me that he was. But over the years, he's also revealed to me many things in my own soul, in my own uh, life that need to be pruned, need to be trimmed, need to be submitted. And I'm not the man I was when I first came to him. He's taking away a lot of my self-centeredness and my pride and my ego. And all through these years, he's, somebody said to me when I first became a believer, Marty, he's going to get better and better and better. And you know what? I have found that. The older I get, the more I see how I did not deserve to be brought to him. I didn't deserve for him to come to me and uh, give me his life for my life. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. So Mitch, today we looked at some of the reasons that we need to share the gospel with the Jewish people. And I have a few questions for you as we close things out. Uh, First, are there any words or phrases that we should use or or we should avoid when sharing the gospel with a Jewish person? Words are neutral till they fall on the ears of people. And when they fall on the ears of people, then they're taken in one way or another. So, for example, cross is a wonderful word for Christians, but cross is a negative term for Jewish people because they imagine crusaders lifting high their crosses, marching through Jewish villages during the Middle Ages, burning down uh, their homes. And so, that's a problem. So, instead of cross, maybe you want to talk about the crucifixion, or you, which is really what the cross is all about. Uh, some people use the term execution stake. I can never remember to use that. But we talk about Yeshua dying for our sins. That's just a very nice biblical way of stating it. Mm-hmm. So there are terms like that. Plus, the big term 
is you never want to say, do you want to become a Christian? Because Christian is a lovely term, but in the ears of a Jewish person, that means, do you want to stop being Jewish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you don't want to do that. You know, So you, you want to talk about becoming a follower of the Messiah. So that sounds good. Christian, in the ears of a Jewish person who's not a believer, doesn't sound very good. So there's some very fundamental basic terms like that that you should be cautious of. Right. Right. And, and what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that we face in sharing the gospel with Jewish people in the 21st century today? Most of the Jewish people you will be sharing the gospel with will be secular. And so they may not even believe in God. They may not practice the Jewish religion. And they very well probably do not believe in the coming of a Messiah. And so you're going to have to go real slow. Don't assume negativeness. Assume a lack of knowledge. Mm. So being secular actually provides you with a great opportunity to humbly educate your Jewish friend. Sometimes I I call it teaching, instead of evangelizing them, is teaching them all the way through to the point where they can embrace Jesus the Messiah. So step by step, slowly, slowly, share God's truth with Jewish people. Remember, they're not resistant necessarily. They're just secular for the most part. When it comes to reaching religious Jews, call on number 212-223-2252 because you're going to need more help, okay? Okay, so one final question then. How can we help support the future of Jewish evangelism? First of all, there's a bright future for Jewish evangelism because in Romans eleven twenty-five and following, the Apostle Paul says that there's a day coming when all Israel will be saved, all Jewish people alive will be saved, Amen. but that's not going to be, it's not going to happen without the instrumentation of our proclamation of the gospel. And so we need to prepare that remnant for the end of of days, but we also need to share the gospel today. And so there is a bright future for Jewish evangelism, and we look forward to that future. But how we're going to get there is through funding projects where you can help chosen people missionaries in Israel or in the United States proclaim the good news. And so we have a lot of projects, and you can learn a whole lot more about how you can support and pray for Chosen People Ministries as we bring the gospel to the Jewish people at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Perhaps you've been meaning to tell your Jewish friends about Jesus, but don't know where to begin. Well, if that's the case, We have just the thing you need, a book called How to Introduce Your Jewish Friends to Messiah. It's important to understand your Jewish friend's mindset toward the gospel message. And this book is a wealth of information. Written by our staff, you'll discover tips and techniques to help you witness more effectively, gain a better understanding of the rich history between believers and the Jewish people, and you'll even learn how to stand up against hate and anti-Semitism. It's our prayer that this book will encourage you to share your faith with your Jewish friends. And you can request your copy today by visiting us online at chosenpeople.com offer. That's chosenpeople.com offer. You've been listening to The Chosen People. This program can be heard every weekend right here on your local radio station, or you can catch us online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when you visit chosenpeople.com radio. To stay connected with us throughout the week, be sure to check us out on your favorite social media platform. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then if you'd like to support Chosen People Ministries with a financial gift this year, you can just send your donation in the mail to 241 East 51st Street, 
New York, New York, 10022. That's 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. And now let's close the program with the Aaronic Benediction in the Book of Numbers, Chapter 6. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha V'yaseim lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. The Chosen People is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries.